Can you see me? Hello? Can you find me? I'm here! Behind you, look! I'm behind you. I am right behind you. And when I'm in bed, I could feel like a vibration on the bottom of my bars of my bed. My TV is still playing in the background, and nothing happens for a while. It's like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I felt the whole entire length of the, the bed. The bars being like run over by fingers. You were to walk by a fence. And I stopped. I could hear it. I could feel it in my bed. So I sat there. And at some point, I looked over the bed. Because like you can't just sit there and just totally not acknowledge what's going on. And so I'm sitting over the bed, just peeking my head. And there's nothing at first. And after a while, I start to see the crown of a head slowly move out of the bed. It wasn't somebody inching. It was the most inhuman way of it, something just like slowly pushing out. And so as this like figure, this creature moved out from the bed, I could start seeing the greasiness and the knots in the hair. And then it gets to the skin complexion. And I was like translucent. So this is what's like looking at me, right? The lips are cracked, drier than the desert, and the eyes are like really blue. So I'm looking at this and it's so foreign to me, but at the same time, it's like, I know what it is because it was me. So I'm sitting there seven years old, looking over my bed at three o'clock in the morning, looking at myself, but the most terrible dead version of me that I could ever explain. o'clock at night, pitch dark, and I kept hearing these kids outside, and I was like, oh, I wonder if they're my friends or who it is. Like, I want to go see what they're doing, but I wasn't allowed to go outside alone when I was there. Voices just getting closer and closer, and then they, like, knocked on the door, and I was just, I had this really weird feeling of dread, like, throughout my entire body. So I walked up to the door, and I looked out this little window next to our door, and I saw two kids, like, standing there, but their backs were facing me. 
so I'm looking at them and I thought it was weird. I remember seeing their feet had no shoes on them and it was snowing. And so I saw them standing there with no shoes and I started to think like, I wonder if they need help or what's going on. All of a sudden they turn around, they look at me and I don't know if you guys have heard of black eyed children, but their eyes were just completely black. I just ran into the one bedroom we had in the closet until my parents got home. So the game we would play with hide-and-go-seek is we turn off all the lights, you go hide, you're not allowed to move. It wasn't like a hide-and-go-seek tag kind of situation. One person would be it, and then they would come to find everybody that's hidden, right? So I'm it. Everybody goes and hide, I go to the corner, all the lights go out. So they were actually all hiding in my friend's bedroom. So I couldn't find any playroom, I went into the bedroom, I'm like, all right, where is everybody? And I could kind of hear like people rustling around a little bit. So I knew like I found the jackpot, right? These kids are in this room. Meanwhile, I'm a kid too. So I see one of them go sprinting across the room. And I'm like, you can't do that. That's cheating. And I went to tag them with my arm and my arm went right through them, like right through their body. And they turned and looked at me and their eyes have like this reflective glow to them. Literally at that moment, all of us screamed. Like all of us screamed, the thing disappeared and we turned on the lights. Drink or treat, drink or treat, drink or treat. He would tell us, you know, little tidbits here and there about something that he was calling purple mommy. Purple mommy was all purple, but she had bright white eyes. She had no smile, which uh, means no mouth. She didn't have a mouth. At one point he said that she needed a bandage because she had a bunch of blood. He said that Purple Mommy picks him up at night and was interesting because he was still in a crib and then we would occasionally, like in the mornings, find him outside of the crib. So he would have to be, I don't know, like climbing up over it and getting out without hurting himself or making any noise. He said that Purple Mommy turns the fight off, and even though he's terrified of the dark at the time, he'd be, you know, he'd wake up in the morning and uh, his lights would be off. Whenever we asked him where Purple Mommy was, he, always, he would always point to the same space, like, because we kept, like, his, his closet door was always open, and there was, like, a space in between the wall and the closet door, and he'd always point to that corner back there. That's where Purple Mommy lived. Purple Mommy really didn't like me. Once or twice, he was in his room playing and like ran out and was uh, pretty upset and said that she was in there. He definitely doesn't like to talk about it though. Like uh, to this day, he, he will not discuss it. Like visibly upset and doesn't want to talk about it if we ever ask him.
then I heard like glasses as if ice cubes are in them clinking and clanking and they're coming closer and closer to the door and then they get really loud and we should let her in and I tap Fawn's leg and I'm like hey wake up wake up I think your mom is uh, at the door and she's like that's not my mom then I get really scared because I can still hear the clanking of the glasses. I try to go to sleep, it's getting louder and I'm getting really scared. And then it just, it wouldn't go away. So I, I try praying it away because you know, Catholic. I'm like, oh my God, get rid of this ghost. Make the ghost go away, please, please, please. I'm getting really worked up. I'm getting like starting to cry because I'm so scared. And eventually, eventually the clinking glasses stop and I'm, I can take a breath. But that lasts all of like a second, a breath. And then I hear in the other direction, just screeching back and forth, kind of screeching right above my head and it's getting louder and louder and louder. And at this point, I'm really shook. I pull my cot closer to Fawn's bed and I'm crying and she reaches, she gives me her hand and I'm holding it so tightly. And I'm crying and I'm praying and Somehow, I ended up falling asleep that night, but that was really terrifying to me. I don't ever want to have to go through that again. Here's what you need to do. You need to go, if you see it again, you need to say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Mother, Daughter, Holy Ghost. Do that and it will go away. She was absolutely wrong. <laughs> so the very next night I was at home and I was under the blanket or in the bed. And once again, I woke up needing to pee. I seen the shadow and I go, okay. I covered my head up a little bit because I was a little bit nervous. And I go, Mother, Father, Holy Spirit. I said it completely wrong. My head was turned towards the door. I lifted the, or pulled down the blanket slowly and it was gone and I'm like, I kind of took an exhale. And this is gonna sound like a horror movie, but I went to look up and it was black above me. I'm actually getting goosebumps right now talking about it because I will never forget that night in my entire life. I thought I got rid of it and this thing was literally floating above me. And it's dark. Everything's dark except the kitchen oven light. I'm making the milk, and I hear the swinging glass door creak. And I'm like, oh, you know, old house. Uh, and then I hear two heavy, heavy footsteps behind me. And then I hear in my left ear a man deeply saying, hi. Like, hi. And I drop the milk, and I'm like, what? I like run so fast to the front of the house to go upstairs and I'm hearing boom, 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 boom behind me like thick stomps, heavy stomps. And I pull myself onto the railing to pull myself up and I felt like something was like, like trying to pull me back. And I'm like trying to climb, go up the stairs and I run to my mom.
Can you see me? Hello? Can you find me? I'm here. Behind you, look. I'm behind you. I am right behind you. In the middle of the night, I just felt somebody looking at me. And then、um, my son shakes me and said, Mom, there's somebody here. So I open my eyes and I see like the little shadow like of a little boy. And his eyes just staring at me. And his eyes are like this weird, like glow color. I don't know. So I look towards my husband to see. And then there's another one exactly like him. Another, like, little boy. And a taller figure, more kind of a female. Like,、uh, I could see, like, the hair. I don't know how to describe it. But I could see some of, like, hair. And they were just there staring at my husband. And I was just weirded out. I look back at my son. He's already asleep again. But they, they, they had bad intentions or nothing. They were just staring at us, like, Like we were new toys or something, and, and they just kept tilting their heads. Just said, like, hmm. Gives you the willies. And then I did, I have had another experience where I fell asleep one night. I, I don't do well sleeping in a room with someone who's sick. I don't know if anybody else gets that experience, but like if you got, I don't care if it's a stomach bug, I don't care if it's a respiratory thing, even if I know I'm not going to get it, I don't want to be in the room with you when you have it. And so I will sometimes choose to sleep on the couch. And in one experience, I woke up in the middle of the night with, I swear, was a doctor leaning over me in an old style. You know, not, not your scrubs that you see today, but the old style frock, cloak, robe thing leaning over me with what appeared to be a scalpel. And it scared me so bad. Board, it was in my closet. I went to bed one night. I'm laying there and I, I look over at the door, and in the doorway is standing a tall, dark figure that was just kind of backlit by that dim light. I knew it was a he and had a, it had a top hat and、um, a long coat, overcoat. Then I just felt a knowing that this is grandpa, and I came to say hi. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it worked, you know? And so I said hi. and And he came over through the room, but all I could still see was, I mean, his face or anything didn't like start to form through the dark or anything. So he came and sat on the edge of the bed next to me, and I was facing outward toward him. And、um, I looked up at his face, and there was no face, it was just black. And he didn't, I didn't feel anymore, oh, it's grandpa. I felt evil, just evil. 
and I was instantly scared and I was going to scream, but I couldn't speak and I couldn't move. And then he like kept scooting over closer and closer and closer to me and shoved me against the wall and was squishing me and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, I was like really freaking out and I, I couldn't yell for help or anything. So I just said, Jesus, help me in my head. And boom, it was gone. It just so happened that she lived in this house. I, I, I grew up in a small town in rural New Hampshire, and she lived in this house where I, I don't remember how many years ago it was, probably something like 20 years before she moved in. There was a person who had owned it previously who one day drenched the house in gasoline and uh, lit the whole place on fire, shot a bunch of rounds into like the surrounding woods of the house. And all of this stuff happened. And then all they found after that was five pounds of flesh in a bathtub in the basement. Uh, so needless to say, we were pretty sure her house was haunted. So we did a lot of ghost hunting there and there were a lot of I wish I had like one earth shattering thing, but there was definitely times we heard voices. We picked up some stuff with like digital recorders. Um, there was one time I was sitting in a closet being a little bit of a dickhead uh, and like teasing the ghost. And I, I, to this day, I'll stand by it. I heard something scrape down the closet right behind my head and a voice in my ear. Uh, just, it wasn't words. It was just like a Wah! And I fled, the I ran out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> the first night I got comfortable, I was going to sleep, I turned off the light, and mind you, I love being alone, I sleep alone all the time in the dark, it doesn't bother me. I turned it off and very clearly looked over and there was a large man standing in my doorway. Our father didn't live with us at the time, so I screamed bloody murder and my mom came running through the doorway and ran right through him. Oh my gosh. That's when I realized other people didn't see what I saw. I look over to the hallway and there's this old man standing in my doorway. <laughs> so I did what any other single woman would do. I pulled my gun. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but uh, he, he disappeared right in front of me and I realized, oh, one's not through. Okay. And uh, come to find out, my neighbor had died and I didn't know him. I had had met him. I had just moved in and he had died in a nursing home. crazy experience is that my dad went downstairs to do whatever he was doing then he came back upstairs him and my mom you know made eye contact they started talking and whatnot he goes into the other room and, and the light didn't go on she goes oh, okay that's weird she walks into that other room he's not there she looks upstairs he's not there then she's like okay that, that's weird then he finally came upstairs and she goes did you just come upstairs five minutes ago he's like no i've been downstairs the whole time she saw my dad exactly what he was wearing. I believe carrying a laundry basket, he was doing laundry. They locked eye contact, both looked at each other and she started talk talking to him because she saw him, but it, it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.